talking shit, baby. Every episode, I promise you it's lit, baby. Every week, get some shit you can't miss, baby. Dylan Bob, still a vibe. Podcast game solidified, no cap. All fact like a snapper. Stream us on that Spotify or Apple, tap in. Roller coaster ride, strap in. We gon' take you for a ride, just take this shit and stride. All topics, sport the current event. Tell me who more current than this. Good luck with the mother shows. This the best one. Your sister and your brother knows. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. Yes, sir. Talking shop episode 129 presented by Anchor. I'm your host, Bobby Hall, and with me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Savage, a.k.a. Rage Against the Machine, and Joe <laughs> the Greek, a.k.a. Trap House Stairway. What's going on, my boys? What's up, nerd? Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Is exactly yes. what I say. If I come across someone that's not following us on Twitter yet, that's at Talking Shop Pod. Be sure to show us some love. Go follow us on the social media platforms. We're still trying to get to 200. That's at Talking Shop Pod. Thank you in advance. How's it going, guys? Hell yeah. What a plug right there. Everything's <laughs> everything's good now. Everything's good now. Um, it's good to be on with you guys. It's uh, was this episode four of the, of the, of the season. So yeah. we're rolling, baby. It's a great it's a start, energy. man. It's a great start I, uh, to the season. I just woke up from a nap. I gotta, I gotta get fired up here. Wake up! How could you not after that? Yeah, man. I gotta Come get on. fired up. No, I mean, my kid's been sick. She woke up like, I think like five thirty. That's never good. Yelling. Yeah. So I screwed up. Took a quick little nap before this. Got me a, a big, big Timmy Hortons. Or All right, at least, at least right it now. was that. Because if yeah, if you were pumping that, if you would have raised up the Duncan Cup, we would have had problems. Because <laughs> this show, uh, this show, vehemently is against Duncan. Is that a yeah, show stance? What What's that? I was wondering if that's a show stance now. Like we're completely against Duncan. I, I need to hear the story out yeah. and uh, kind of you know, based on my experiences, I've know they've kind of gone under. Um, they're, they're definitely not as good anymore. Their, their, their coffees are more like just cold creamers with ice. And, uh, you know, it's, you're right. You're right. It's, it's kind of a slump and it's sad to say, I don't know if it's new management because it's not just happening in single areas. It's happening everywhere in all Dunkin' Donuts or whatever they are. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I want to hear your story because it, it could, I'm on the fence with them right now, to be honest, Bobby. And I used to be a supporter. And after uh, what you were about to explain here, it, it could sway me on uh, to be a Starbucks trooper. Oof! How did you jump to well, Starbucks? Right? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get into this without getting too fired up again because I was pretty pissed off. Really. Are they, they, you said they're fuckos of the year. <laughs> they're in the. They're gonna definitely be in the running. They're definitely fuckos of the week, along with another one that we'll get into later. Um. But definitely of the week, and I would say, yeah, I mean, as of right now, they, I would, I would nominate them. But we'll see what happens in, in December. Um, you let me know when we want to get into that, and uh, I'll, I'll cue it up if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to take them down throughout the year, so I'm sure we'll get quite a few more along the way. But they're right now, obviously, clear front runners 
what two two and a half three weeks into the year so yeah man i should tell you something i don't as you guys know i don't really fuck with duncan anymore i used to for a long time uh really mainly because it was a very easy spot to to go um while working um because one of the places down at the college campus that i service a lot they have them right there on campus so and it was uh i i serviced them They're, they're one of their Trash compactor. So I was able to just kind of, as I'm doing it, load up the shit and then hop in and, and, and grab some stuff. And uh, I used to grab, you know, a nice iced Americano, um, some donuts and shit and be, and be very, very pleased. But yeah, within the last like two years, I don't know if like the, if the panties like fucked up the stuff that they're getting. I don't know if they're just getting the, the, the shitty beans now. Who knows? But the quality's gone down on, um, <laughs> the product side and clearly as of today the the service itself for the customer has plummeted and um i'm not going back man i've said a couple times that i was done with them but and I, I would go back for whatever the fuck like somebody would say hey try this try that and I, as you guys know last year my rookie of the year was the broncher oat milk shake and espresso from starbucks um i actually just got one yesterday it was delightful and I see that Dunkin' pops out with their own Broncher oat milk ice latte. And um, a friend of mine, Lauren, shout out. I doubt she'll even hear this, but if she does, um, shout out to you. She's a, probably twice the Starbucks head that I am. Um, she's she's probably there sometimes twice a day, which is nuts. So what? Uh, I can't imagine because I, I spend a lot there. So I can't even imagine what, what, uh, what her totals are like. But she was like... I'm upset. She sent me a Snapchat of of the actual shit. She's like, I've gotten like four or five of these this week. Like they're fucking incredible. Like you gotta go try one. And I didn't really have high hopes because I was like, this is fucking Duncan we're talking about. But coming from her, it does hold a little weight, just because she loves the bows, um, like I do. So, um, I was like, as soon as I'm able to, I'll I'll go. That that Duncan that I that used to be on campus, they replaced it with some shit called Einstein Bros. Never had it, and um, I usually just stop in. There, there is a uh, Starbucks down there where I'm able to f- fit and park my my truck to, to jump jump in there real quick. But I had to uh, I had to get some blood work done today this morning and um, get poked real quick. And right next to the hospital was a Dunkin', so I got on the app, ordered all the shit. Didn't say didn't say anything about nothing being unavailable. Obviously, I got two pieces of. Uh, that avocado toast, that bougie ass, expensive fucking bacon topped avocado toast. That is fire. I will, I will forever rep that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never go there anymore. But if somebody ends up picking me up one, I ain't gonna be mad about it because that shit is fucking fire. But I get there, roll through, and I, I, I won't lie. I was a little excited. I'm like, Let's see what the fuck's going on with this motherfucker. It was six fifty, which is nuts. Not even Starbucks, uh, a venti. Bose is, is like five ninety five, so this was more expensive than Starbucks, which is kind of rare for for Dunkin'. Usually they're you know that's uh, crazy they're either way, you know, across the board. Six bucks for coffee, that's wild. Yeah, eighty a gram though. You know what I'm saying? Everything's going up. But, uh, <laughs> you get eighty a gram at what not a- for that shake. <laughs> um, yeah, well, <laughs> different kind of shake. But, uh, oh, no, uh, you, I can't you wanna, do this I don't want right to. I don't want to get the bud version of that. I want to. I just want the shake. Because if you're if you're doing the quote unquote bud version of that, that's then you're you're going to be in a bad way. Um, but no, I'm, I'm kidding. But uh, I can't do this. Right I now. take a couple swigs. It looked weird off rip. I was like, that's pretty fucking like 
white. I'm expecting kind of see, you know, some like more of like a tan, maybe, you know, some brown mixed in there, but it was like completely white. So I'm like, this is kind of weird. Whatever. You don't like it like this that? Oh. Sp- with stars in space? No. Yeah. <laughs> so don't I took a couple swigs and, and it was like, this tastes like fucking vanilla. I'm like, but. All right, so you know how sometimes you take that first swig. It's got sometimes the espresso, or the coffee's at the fucking bottom or something. So you're only you're not getting everything all mixed together. So I I spun around a little bit, took a couple more drinks, and like it was, I could tell it was just vanilla fucking syrup. So these fuckos, they clearly were out of the brown sugar syrup, or somebody just couldn't read, even though it says on this fucking tag here. So they they hit it with how many hits of fucking vanilla? It's it's like I. I got this shit fucking two and a half hours ago, and I'm I'm not oh. even halfway through it yet. It's it sucks, but I'm gonna. I mean, I'm gonna eventually get it because I spent, <laughs> I paid that fucking much for it. So, but these idiots, like they, I guess they ran out of the shit and just didn't tell me, and then just gave me that, and then you know let me drive off, which you know. So I I I fired off some from some very strongly worded emails to uh, to corporate and that location itself and let them know like I, i'm gonna be needing some compensation because that's fucking bullshit because starbucks the fucking top of the goddamn top on their app they'll tell you it'll be like this isn't available right now we're out of this so you can't order it or if for some reason you can and you get there they'll be like whoa hey um we weren't able to make that we're out of this would you like to replace it with a different kind of syrup you want your money back or you want a different product and that's fucking customer service right there man that's how you're supposed to fucking do it but at Dunkin', they don't give a fuck. They just want the bread. You come through, they give you the wrong shit, and you're on your way, and they don't give a goddamn. So, Unreal. Fuck Dunkin'. Done with them forever. Um, like <laughs> I said, so if, if Tori's out and about and she decides she wants to go there, I'll forever accept the, the avocado toast because that, that hasn't been fucked up yet, knock on wood. That's probably the next thing. And, um, yeah, as far as the coffee sucks, the service sucks, I'm just going to... Uh, Drive well, the extra 10, 12 minutes to, to Starbucks and get it done right, man. Well, I, I mean, I kind of wanted to play this before we got into the segment of Fucko. This is our first Fucko of the week uh, segment that we had on Season 5, so a little rusty there. But I'll still play it anyways. This one goes out to you, Duncan. Oh, hey, Fucko. Hey, Fucko. Yo, Fucko. Hey, Fucko. Hey, Fucko. Hey, Fucko. What's going on? Joey Karata here. <sighs> And then it goes into the fuck of the week. But hey, fuck you, Duncan. Yeah, fuck I, him, I pissed him out on Twitter one time. It's, uh, I called him out on there too. But yeah, man, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, plus, I, who knows? It's uh, it's also not it's it's the shitty part of Duncan, and it's also the fact that it's it's Navarre Avenue as well, like we talked about. So it's just the mixture between those two shitty entities that uh, you know ended up fucking me way over. So try not to go over there anymore. Dunzo. I just I was right there, you know, like fucking yeah. hop skipping a jump. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. I'm I'm this is about the only time I'm ever I'm ever near a Duncan, so let's just see what the fuck's going on. But should have knew better. On on another note, I did have a Dylan ism that happened with me and my uh my fiance. My uh, beautiful fiance, Jennifer. Um we were talking about movies and such and um you know, I was trying to explain. I don't know what, exactly what we were talking about. But I was trying to explain something to where we were, if we were to like create like a like a documentary, but I wasn't calling it a documentary as like they're supposed to be called because that wasn't coming to mind at the time. Uh, so I kept saying "docu movie," and uh, she had no idea what the hell I was talking about. Um, 
So I was like, yeah, they got they got to make a they got to make a docu movie about it, and whatever topic we were talking about. And uh, she's like, a documentary, you mean? And uh, yeah, so there's a uh, <laughs> add it to the list. Did you just do another one right now? Well, Matt, because I seen his tweet, he missed a couple last week. Some Dylanisms, one of them being when you're talking about MGK and Megan Fox, he said prenubs with a B, um, <laughs> and it's prenup with a P. So that was that was one that. I was oh, trying to miss that, that was pretty funny. Sometimes the subtle ones Pre-nubs. get you the most. Yeah. Who knows? Those guys are fucking weird. They might chop off their fucking hands and feeders in some kind of ritual act and have uh, well, some pre-nubs. Well, uh, this was nubs. this was going to be in the around the middle of Dill, but I mean, I'm since we're already on the topic of them too. Uh, did you see that the ring that MGK got for her? It, it hurts when you take it off because it's thorns. So it's kind of like one of those like if you ever seen the movie Saw, it's like a trap. Where you push it in, it goes on nice, but you try to pull it off, it's going to like prick her fingers with the thorns that are built into it. She, because, because apparently, quote unquote, love hurts. Okay. Uh, so, well, I I can't wait. I can't wait to uh, not hear about those guys anymore. Really? Oh, shit. It's it's quite the. Exp- you're going to hear more about them as soon as the they they. Kind I mean, of go like away. the Kardashian shit. They're they're like all over the place, and you know a lot of their stuff's annoying shit too. But like. But he's, it's just it's just like stupid shit. These guys are just fucking weird. They're so cheesy with this. That too, yeah. It's I think so it's like a lot of. I feel like they do all that sh- a lot of the shit on purpose. Oh, definitely know? they have yeah. to. Because who the hell's MGK anymore? He's yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He went. He went at fucking Eminem, and then look, look where the fuck he's at now. He's a fucking yeah. punk rocker. Oh, I remember so. him as far as Bird Box. Oh, it right now. Yeah, yeah. What else you doing? It's unbelievable. Doing weird shit, drinking people's blood, trying to stay relevant. <laughs> it's over. Wild Boy was cool, but it's over. Do something else. Yeah, like ten years ago, man. I really, I fucked them heavily, man. He had some, he had some dope shit, some dope mixtapes. He's he a Cleveland guy. Cleveland, Bowling Green. Yeah, he's Cleveland. I mean, yeah, you know. He, oh, yeah, he was still all right till about 2016 because he he had that that um, till I die song, which is pretty pretty dope. You know, a little uh, anthem for the city. I mean, um, who comes out to that motherfucker? Um, I can't even remember now. But it was pretty. Yeah, nice. he, he, he repped. He repped the city hard. And uh, but yeah, now he's just a fucking weirdo. So, oh, it is what it is. There we go. There he comes. What's that? What's that strand called? <laughs> um, <coughs> it's just. CBD cake. Nothing crazy. No, Stipe I was thinking about, too. Thank God. I was, that was going to bother me. But, yeah, Stipe comes out to Till I Die by MGK. So, um, I got a couple reviews, but maybe I'll, I'll just stick them in with the mill. We just said it's not too uh, too loaded up. We got another fucko later on, too. We'll, we'll talk about that because it's kind of a... I should have had you pull up the, the video to play just so we could hear the fucking um, news anchor talk. But it's What cool. one? You know, it's all good. It's um, I could it's that, that shit I retweeted like two day, two nights that ago. Motorcycle that motorcycle crash. chase, just fucking Bro. wild. But we'll we'll save it. Um, we'll bring our guest on, guys. We got we yep. got a guest on this week. Um, as usual, you know this is gonna be a fun fun combo that we're all looking forward to, and I think we're gonna come out of this hopefully with some knowledge that we didn't have previously because um, I think a lot of people besides us. Kind of see all over all over the web, especially 
um, Twitter, you know, celebrities, everybody, musicians, everyone's getting into this NFT game. Um, it seems like it's kind of meshed in with uh, like the cryptocurrency world, but uh, I just can't seem to grasp the idea of it and you know what it is and just how this shit works and stuff. And, and uh, my guy George here, he uh, he was on with us, I think season two like way back and uh, we had a real fun convo with him um he's a dope photographer uh, writes poetry um just all around awesome dude just got recently you know recently married and has done some really big things since he's been on the show as always man tsp rockets real thing after they come on the show they just start doing big shit and uh, i think either way he was uh primed up to uh you know just keep going up but I think that that TSP rocket maybe helped a little bit. But um, for episode 129, um, second time on the show, we got George Figueroa back with us um, to talk some shop. George, welcome back, man. Um, this is this is really exciting to not only you know learn a few things, but to you know play some catch up, man. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. Thank you guys for having me again. We're just looking forward to this. How are you guys doing? Not bad, man. Doing it's great, uh, great. very, very cold back here uh, in, in the home in the homeland. <laughs> like super cold. I think we're probably in single digits. So it's five degrees. Um, you know, obviously, we'll touch on you know oh some of gosh. the some of the Cali, Ohio differences. But one of them, one of them yeah. on, on your side, po- on the positive side, is I'm sure it's probably at least sixty or so, fifty or sixty for you out there. I would assume, right? Probably higher than that. Yeah, it's around that right now. Yeah. Um, I was actually in Ohio a week a week ago for a couple of days, just for two days, and I was not prepared, man. Like it was like one degree with the wind chill. I was just yeah. like, what the hell? <laughs> Over here is like in the morning, maybe forty, fifty degrees because I live closer to the coast now. But in the afternoon, it's you know seventy degrees right now. It's pretty nice. So <laughs> don't mean to rub that in. <laughs> No, <laughs> Not I enjoy it. Oh. We, we've had we've had quite a few people um, on the show that are from you know the Ohio area or Midwest, but now are you know are off either in like Texas or Arizona, California, and um, they kind of pretty much all kind of tell you know these funny stories of how it'll be fifty or sixty degrees, and they're in you know maybe a hoodie and shorts or something light, but you'll go outside and the people <laughs> that you know live there full time are dressed like we are right now in five degree weather yeah. man. it's just it's funny how that, how uh how they do that but um, yeah i layer up when i go to work in the morning i'm layering up wearing a couple a couple sweats and a hoodie and it's yeah like and then probably cold, when you get out you're like holy dramatic. shit it's hot as fuck yeah <laughs> yeah that's crazy isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah it's probably, what's the high gonna be it's probably you said like probably in the 70s easy yeah, like yesterday, I think it was in the 70s. And uh, when it gets a little cold here, it's more windy or like kind of rainy, but nothing, you know, too extreme. But that could be snow. Or that's sleet. basically what it is like all year, isn't it? Maybe in like the 80s. Like, pretty much. you guys don't hit like 90s or anything crazy like that. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, we do now. I think, you know, obviously with climate change happening, it's starting to get a little yeah. more severe, especially uh, in, in my area. Like during the summer, it'll probably be in the, in the mid to high 90s but that's very rare very rare but if you go to like in the riverside county area where I, I i commute to work for about an hour away and over there it's a whole it's a whole different uh landscape it's in the desert area so you're definitely hitting the hundreds over there so i'll, I'll be leaving you know here all with just simple clothes i get over there and i'm just like man i'm sweating like crazy <laughs> you're not like affected yeah, no doubt by any of like the wildfires or anything are you 
Um, it's not not super close right now, but it seems to be getting closer every year, to be honest. So, <laughs> like where I go to commute to work, there's a lot of wildfires happening there now. Oh, wow. uh, what was crazy is the, the fires will happen miles, miles, miles away, but the the smoke just at some point will come to you, you know. So you do you do get the effects of it. Right. Damn. I'm, well, I'm, man. Um. I don't even really know where to begin on this. I, I think um, <laughs> the one thing I kind of out the gate, I guess, telling you in pre-production with these guys was, um, you know, you, you you haven't really had a Twitter for like super long. And, and for a while there, you know, even when you had it booted up, it was something that you maybe, I don't know if you just kind of scrolled to keep, you know, tabs on certain stuff that you had interest in and, and whatnot. But as far as like interactions and, and tweets and stuff, you didn't really see a lot of it. And you know, your, your follower count was, you know, as far, as far as I can remember, like in the 20s, you know, maybe 30s. And then um, as soon as you kind of dipped your, your toes in the uh, NFT world, like it went up exponentially. Like three like three months later, you're you're about to be hitting 1,000 here in no time. You're, I think, 720 <laughs> or 30 or something, which is incredible. Um, I, like like you said, well, last time when you are on here, we talked about how you, you've – um, your passion's always been like photography and, um, you know, poetry and just kind of, um, speaking out, you know, for and against, you know, stuff that kind of touches, you know, your, your heartstrings and, um, how, and, and like, when did you kind of start gravitating towards this like NFT, NFT stuff? Yeah. So in 2021, right last year, early yep. January, yeah. um, that's, I first got into kind of cryptocurrency first, just kind of got introduced to it through the meme coins and all the, all the AMC and, uh, game, GameStop stock stuff going on. I was like, Oh man, what's, you know, what's up with this stuff? So I, I got, I, I jumped into Dogecoin for a little bit and then I was hearing through the, the conversations about NFTs, but I honestly had no idea what it was. I was like, I'm not really sure what that is. I'm not going to touch it. And then it wasn't until probably like middle of the year where I started like really getting into it, start uh, learning more about it, hearing more about it, and then had a better understanding. I still have, you know, a lot to learn. It seems to be changing every day as far as the actual technology and the, the culture around it. But, um, you know, I was like, let me go ahead and just jump into the space, start following some people uh, and see what's going on through there. And the dialogue and interaction there were just very heavy with information, a lot of support, uh, and the, the, the opportunities there just seem to be infinite. So, you know, I just started listening. Um, I know you guys have seen the Twitter spaces happening on, on Twitter now, and, and people have their conversations there. So you, you just kind of be a fly on the wall, just listening. And eventually I was like, you know, let me go ahead and just see how this works. And I started doing it myself. And uh, yeah, so I just took that leap of faith and utilized some photos of mine and, and kind of jumped in. Made a few sales, nothing too crazy, but the actual um, uh, relationships that I'm fostering right now, like you said, the, the follower count, it's just pretty crazy how supportive this community is. So, you know, one thing led to the other, and it's hopefully going to continue growing. And, uh, yeah, I would say five to ten years, you're probably going to be more uh, aware of it. It's going to be everywhere, in my opinion, the actual technology and the terminology and that culture that's behind it. So, Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Um like I, I've kind of kept an eye on that. Like I said, the last like three months, and it just I can see you um, interacting with you know some of who might be like the big dogs of the community, and and just um, you know retweeting, and, and then you're jumping into those Twitter spaces and, and and doing that. And I'm assuming doing stuff like that, interacting with those guys, and um, kind of just 
consistently, um, you know, staying on task for that is kind of probably what helped grew uh, the follower count, huh? Oh, for sure, for sure. Like, like I said, it's, it was pretty cool. Like, it's so different from Instagram. You know, you jump from one platform to the next. And Instagram, you're there just kind of scrolling through, seeing people's pictures, but you can't really engage. You know, like, you can comment and stuff, but it's kind of like the afterthought. You don't see the comments first. With Twitter, you see the, you know, the tweet and then the, the, the content behind it. And so what really surprised me was seeing how supportive all these people, for the most part, are. Even the big top guys, top women in the in the industry, the top men in the industry, they uh, they're so willing to share their time and their knowledge with you as long as you just show up and you know consistently show up and try to do better. So uh, it was just a matter of just kind of engaging with them with genuine you know intentions and just showing support, retweeting all that stuff, constructive criticism. Because um, that, that's the one thing about the space. There is some kind of, I guess you would say, toxic positivity. So a lot of people just kind of amping you up. But, you know, we got to <laughs> hear the, the truth about our works. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to be real, you got to be real. So, um, yeah, and just jumping into spaces and not necessarily having the conversation, but just listening, um, letting other people have their spaces talk and, you know, promoting inclusion and all that good stuff. So you start finding your different community, different people that you want to kind of latch on to and one of the craziest experiences for me is just having all these like photographers and artists that I followed for years on Instagram and, and now they're following me, you know, I'm just like, whoa, this is crazy. It's pretty, you know, so it makes me feel more challenged and uh, I don't want to better. I want to make sure I put the best of my, my work or, you know, if I don't have the best work, I want to look for constructive criticism and just be you know honest about it. So. I have a question about NFTs in general basis, like based on what I'm seeing on Twitter and uh, what comes across my uh, personal stream would be that, from my understanding, what stops anyone from just simply right-clicking and copying that same NFT? Um, like, I feel like there's a lot of money being spent on just basically putting your name next to the picture, saying that you're the owner on the database, um, and mm-hmm. anyone could really just copy and paste it and put it on their own and what kind of ownership do you really have or any kind of like uh, power do you have to like resell it to make it more of an investment opportunity to cash in? Oh, for sure. So, you know, I'm not going to be the expert to tell you exactly how it works, but right. I do under like nothing's going to stop anyone from bootlegging or right, <laughs> right click saying anything, you know, people are going to do whatever they want. Right. And that's the one thing too, if you, if you guys jump into crypto or NFTs, there are scammers everywhere. So don't click on links. Don't, you know, engage with people like that. Just, just be aware. But uh, so the way I think of it is um, I know someone, uh, Gary V, I'm sure you guys have heard of him and yeah. I don't follow him too much, but he's very good at uh, simplifying things. And he, he kind of talked about the NFT, like technology and the NFT uh, authenticity of ownership is similar to having that blue check mark on Twitter, you know, you could kind of do your own thing with that. Like people kind of put their own little blue check mark there and, and you might get fooled that, oh, they're verified or whatever, but that's like a verification, even though it's digital, it's not physical, but there is some value there. And it's, it's on you how you perceive that value, right? But to walk around with that verification, that authenticity of ownership, you're showing that you are the true owner of that. Or like, for example, the Mona Lisa, you know, anyone can kind of copy and paste that as well, or, you know, reprint that as well but to have that form of authentication that's uh you know behind it really brings the value so with nfts like for example my photograph yeah you could right click and save it uh but 
what's great about cryptocurrency and that technology is that it's transparent. So anyone could follow the actual transaction and, and verify whether or not that's the true uh, NFT, the true picture or whatever the item is that you're selling. Unlike other things, if you were to buy some Jordans or something like that on off the streets, you don't really have that uh, unless you're, you know, a professional at it, keen eyes that, hey, these are the legit Jordans. So you're starting to see like two companies utilizing NFT technology to give you that verification as well. Like, hey, you have the physical uh, physical shoe, but you also have the uh, digital version of it to authenticate that this is the actual one of one or whatever it is. Um, so like I said, it's not going to stop anyone, but for those true, true, uh, you know, investors that really want to invest, they're going to verify whether or not this is real or not. And then when you resell it, you get royalties as well. So it's like a, you know, a chain, a chain effect. So it, it leads to the person who first created it. Yeah. And that's the thing I kind of wanted to get into as well is that uh, mm -hmm. a lot of people don't understand you can create your own NFTs. Um, and it kind of it costs money obviously i uh my mom's boyfriend he's really into cryptocurrency and like nfts and stuff like that and uh he has like i guess miners to do it for him like he's just mining like cryptocurrencies yeah um, yeah I, I, he, he, he lost me at that so uh but it's really just understanding the value of what you're creating how to uh, put it out there and then the, he was talking about uh there's another like currency that you would pay these nfts for would be called ether and like one ether is like what last time i checked yeah. probably like three thousand dollars for one ether yeah so and crypt so cryptocurrency in general is uh basically like a new economic uh infrastructure right and most people know about bitcoin but there are thousands of other coins out there uh, a lot of them are fake a lot of them are scams but bitcoin ethereum also known as ether are like the two top dogs in the in the whole game so Bitcoin is more of the technology that is more of a store of value, kind of like digital gold. So if you were to, you know, people used to buy gold as a hedge against inflation. So, you know, just in case the dollar crashed or whatever, you have some gold, something physical to back it up. But um, with Bitcoin, it's the same idea because it's a scarce, limited amount. And so people buy Bitcoin and the more you buy, the less they'll be out there in the world and more valuable it becomes. And with NFTs and Ethereum, so Ethereum is its own network that uh, it's like kind of like the, it's essentially the, the network and, and, and developers build apps on top of that, utilizing that blockchain technology. And then Ethereum is the, the basically the currency that goes around to validate and verify transactions. So, you know, that's essentially what it, how it works. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty much butchering this by the way so <laughs> do your own research that's this none of this is not uh, financial advice. <laughs> yeah, it's just so hard to like kind of grasp around the idea of only technically owning like if I wanted to invest into ether and like I'm only owning 0.1 or even less than that if I wanted to invest into it. It's like it's so hard for me to be like is it worth me only having like 0 0.001 of this even though it is hundreds of dollars? Yeah, I mean, and that's that's. I guess it would depend on your uh, what are your goals. You know, your your long term goals. Are you a short term investor? Are you hoping to hold this in five ten years? Um, because the common consensus in 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 this field is that Bitcoin is going to hit a hundred k one day this year or next year. Uh, Ethereum is going to hit twenty k, maybe forty k in a couple years. So, uh, of course, there's that volatility. But if you look at the long term plan, it's just going up for the most part. So it's like stacking cash you know you you 
you just kind of say, say you buy you, you dollar cost average. So you're constantly just kind of putting it money into it. And eventually it'll, it'll start growing once you look at it in a couple years from now. Um, so in my opinion, like it's, it's the, the dialogue in the NFT space is it's interesting because everyone has their own opinions on it. And so early right now. Right. So one of the things I think of, like when I'm trying to price my photographs, like, okay, the cost of Ethereum is let's say $3,000. I don't want to charge someone $3,000 for a photograph. I'm not at that stage yet, but in my head, I'm like, okay, let me price it what it would be equivalent to $200. Uh, but then the price drops the next day. So now it may be half off, you know, so you're going to buy my picture at $100 instead. But in my head, when you, when you purchase it, I'm going to hold on to that Ethereum for a little while anyway, because it's going to grow. Right. That $100 will quickly turn into 500, you know, at some point. So that's that's kind of it depends on the the investor what's your what's your strategy some people are impatient and some people can't handle the volatility because it is pretty extreme like this week has been pretty much a really rough week <laughs> everything along with the traditional stock market is crashing everything's crashing right now but this is nothing new in the in the crypto game it's just the price of admission you know that's just all it is <laughs> that's when you want to dive in is my understanding when it's exactly. crashing that's when you want to get in you don't want to be dipping your, you want to dive yeah. in my friends that is not actually advice. Don't follow <laughs> that advice. But uh, <laughs> buy while it's low. Exactly. Exactly. Buy low, so high, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. So I, I got a question, too. Because um, I'll see, like, right now, a lot of, like, high-end celebrities, like, their profile pictures will be, like, either, like, them cartoon apes or, for a while, you were seeing, like, pixelated characters that look like they came out of, like, a Nintendo game 30 years yeah. ago. Um, or somebody will, you know, post one of those and be like, yeah, I'm, I minted this last night. Um, how does that, like, what is, what's like, how do they do that? Like, where, like, where's that image come from? And like, I don't know if you're able to explain that. It seems like it's kind of, it feels like to me, it's complicated. It's probably not. I don't know. But like, they'll say (laughs) I minted this image last night and it just seems like they pulled it out of thin air and all this stuff. Like, can you explain that at all to me? Oh, for sure. So from my understanding, I'm not too uh, familiar with like the profile picture projects or like all the apes and stuff, like as far as the, the, the groups behind it. But from what I understand is, you know, you have a, a, a collective of artists that create these pieces, maybe let's say 10,000 of them. So there's a, a, a scarcity factor, you know, only 10,000 will be minted, only 10,000 will be available. So if you own one and if the, the culture behind it is really good, it's going to increase in value. So that's one of the things with this is it depends who's creating it. It depends on the, on the, the community within that, uh, within that creation, how they're going to buy, uh, how they're going to promote it, right. How they're going to sell it and create value around it. So when you see all these celebrities jumping in, everyone has FOMO and they want to like, Oh no, I want to, I want to be a part of this. So, but the actual minting process is fairly easy. It just depends on the blockchain you're utilizing. So for me, example, uh, I use Ethereum. So I go on, um, you know, I have my images and you go through this, basically this process of minting the NFT onto the blockchain. So you're paying money to actually list it on the blockchain. So that way no one can remove it. Only you can, and you got to pay money to burn it. So, uh, so what happens is they'll create 10,000 of these apes. And then once they mint them, people can go in and, you know, either, either bid on them um, or pay, on, pay for it off right off the back. And just kind of watch as the as people jump in, hope for the best, and and if they want to hold forever, hold forever. If not, they're gonna sell it. Uh, but a lot, you know, don't don't get, don't think every project out there is gonna be a instant success because there's a lot out there, and not all of them are 
great and some of them are scams you know it's unfortunate we got even celebrities and influencers taking advantage of you know just regular folks uh so just be aware of that um, but once you find that community that like really passionate about it about that that uh, culture behind it because another thing too is like some of these nfts projects they have um either unlockable content or access so when you you may be buying an nft for maybe a, a pixelated something whatever but you're really buying access to something else and whatever that is for that community so it might be access to a whole nother project or uh uh it could be access to a myriad of things to be honest it, it just depends on the creator so you being like a creator, you consider like Nike. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. I was going to say, if you being a creator yourself, do you kind of find yourself targeting a certain crowd, or you just kind of do what you love and have them follow you? Um, a little bit of both. Right now, since I'm still so early in it, I'm trying to find my audience that like resonates with my work. But then at the same time, I'm. What's really cool about the NFT space is since it's so early, I can experiment and kind of see what I like and see what works for me. Um, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But right. so right now it's a little bit of both. So I think I'm trying to, cause I, for the most part, I've been finding my style through this. I've been more challenged and I feel like more inspired to do better and create different work. So, um, it's a little bit of both, I would say. Yeah. Sorry, interrupting. You were saying mm-hmm. something about Nike. Oh no, I was just saying like an example, like let's say Nike, they, they met an NFT pass or like they met a pass that grants you access to, uh, let's say pre-sales for a new line of shoes or something that no one else is going to be able to have. But because you have the NFT pass, you, you, you become exclusive into that community. It's just another form of building community and building exclusivity. Sorry, excuse my word. (laughs) Uh, But like I said, it depends on the creator. So uh, like for me, for example, since I'm so small, I'm just, what I do is I'll mint the picture. You get the actual high res ver- uh, version of the photo that way you can print it on your own if you want. At the end of the day, I, I, my goal is to provide the actual print for you as well, like have it mailed to you. But there are some collectors out there that they're, they're just anonymous. They don't want to. They don't want you to know where they live. All that good stuff. So you just kind of have to kind of figure out what your what your audience wants. Okay. Um, do you think? like 50 years from now like um like someone's nft like collection like stuff like nft collections online are those going to be like the new art museums i think so um yeah. i mean i think the physical world will always be you know will always be there but depending on the <laughs> direction our, our our country and the rest of the world goes but especially with the pandemic all this stuff happening everyone being you know kind of forced in and out of the house whatever uh the whole metaverse, all that stuff that's happening, that's transitioning. It, it may seem kind of no, uh, novel for some people, but that's it's gonna happen. It's you don't you don't see companies just pour billions of dollars into something that's not gonna come to fruition, you know. So I see it in fifty years because right now there's already cyber galleries, so you can go in on there. Even the actual museums, they have their own cyber galleries. That way you can just visit because you're across the world and you don't have the means to travel. They want you to experience their work and the artwork. Yeah, that's pretty um, sweet. <laughs> Yeah. And what's crazy, because I think right now a lot of people are fixed on the idea that it's all art related. Right now, it kind of is just because it's the first, you know, first thing to really just pop off. But this technology, the underlying technology of NFT is going to be everywhere. So you're going to have, you know, hospitals utilizing it for your vaccination cards or they're going to be utilizing it for Social Security cards or, you know, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, so just look at Dylan's face. Sorry. All kind of, Dude, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I can just see all the, the the greediness of corporate America ruining it for everyone. Mm. But the, I, I, yeah. the metaverse freaks me out, man. Like, <laughs> I I understand what they're trying to do, but I, but I don't at the same time. Like, I'm not trying to go to a VR meeting. You know? Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, here we are and. Google me, but I don't know. I'm not trying to wear my headset, uh, <laughs> be in Dylan's room, floating around, you know, like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, trust, trust me, man. It's, it's weird for me as well, because especially for us, we we were born in a in an era where everything was analog, and then all of a sudden things turning yeah. digital, and and like it's just crazy to see. And I'm still iffy about it as well, just because. I think, like you said, it, we're so early as far as like I'm not sure what it's gonna look like, how the experience is gonna be. Um, so it's gonna be interesting to see how the actual experience will be ten years from now. Will it be more seamless or will it be more hectic? And another thing too, there's gonna be so many different blockchain uh, companies. So you have like Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum, Dogecoin, Solana. They all have a different way of operating, and the cost either could be really expensive or really. Uh, you know, nominal, so it won't be too expensive to do anything, like to mint anything, but the technology will be there pretty much. You know, just think about the DMV. Imagine that being in the metaverse. You don't have to go to the actual DMV. You could just do everything online, uh, digitally, and get your NFT driver's license or something. But you know for sure, like, that's the authentic <laughs> awesome. version of it. Yeah. So, so ready player one shit. Pretty could, much, yeah. <laughs> this could just be, I guess like almost like the boomer personality that's coming out. But I just feel like this opens up a lot of possibilities of like hacking of personal information and uh, easing the access to like just that, the personal information that I'm just speaking of. You're speaking of like NFT, um, social security cards, and like everything just being digitalized. And it's like, what what is like, is there anyone, anyone out there that's creating the metaverse that's being like, wait a second, guys, <laughs> this makes a lot of money and it could be very futuristic and cool. But there's bad people out there. As as much as like we we think it's a perfect world, it is not, and far from. And we are just kind of. It feels like we're ignoring the fact that this could go very, very wrong, very fast. <laughs> Don't use yeah, it. Right. <laughs> just like anything else, man. Like I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that's part of the, like you said, the boomer inside of us, and that stigma <laughs> that's attached to <laughs> to the crypto related anything, just because. You know, we're we're stuck in the traditional uh, media type of, you know, information, consuming information. But this will be what's interesting is depending on the blockchain you use, but if you use the, the blue chips, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Solana, and as, as they continue to develop over the years, they're actually more secure to utilize because when things are minted on to those blockchains, it's basically immutable. No one can go in and hack into it because... When you think of like our traditional, uh, let's say, economic structure right now, you have a central bank. And for me to do a transaction, they're pretty much that third party that's uh, verifying and validating that these transactions are occurring. They're keeping track of all the dollars and all that stuff. But as you can see in 2008, the financial crisis occurred because of the central bank. Just, you know, it's too centralized. So with Bitcoin, you have millions of computers, which are the miners out there securing the network. So when they're mining new Bitcoin, they're processing like very confusing uh, algorithmic problems and they get rewarded with a Bitcoin. 
But by doing that, it's also securing the network. And for you to, to hack into that network, you'd have to hack over 50% of all those computers around the world at once. And that's just impossible. So same kind of uh, ideology into the other blockchain. So it's going to be more secure. That's, that's the goal, right? That's, that's what they're working towards for more security, more uh, transparency, and it's decentralized. So that way you don't have to worry about anything crashing because there'll be other network or the, the rest of the network will secure it. So I it's still, like I said, I know it's confusing. I'm still kind of wrapping my head around it. And that's, I'm probably butchering the explanations because there's so many points that are interrelated that I could speak on, but then it gets muddy by other points. So, you know, forgive me, bear with me on that. <laughs> I, I look that it up sense. like every other day, man. I'm, I look up, I understand crypto to a point. Like I get the mm-hmm. blockchain. Everybody's got a copy of all the transactions. That makes sense. Uh, I just, I didn't hate miners. They're messing up my GPU game, man. I'm trying to get upgrades <laughs> for my PC. Everybody's mining on a damn GPU. You can't find them. They're getting scammed. It's me yeah. off. <laughs> That's what is that? The the supply chain shortage too going on right yeah. now. All the all the chips in Taiwan and stuff. Yep. Well, that's it's cool. I, f- I figured that that they we're gonna have a pretty secure, you know, encryption or setup, you know, as far as um, keeping everybody's info secured. Plus, I mean, um, <laughs> Facebook openly admitted that they sold everyone's fucking information, and no one really jumped ship <laughs> yeah. there. So, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think everyone. Um, I don't think they understand that what that means. Like they don't really. Yeah, I don't think people understand the value of your information to companies. Right. Like, oh yeah, it's pennies. No. I mean, look at look at like I just watched a video the other day. That there's all this shit just in your iPhone. That there's all these like switches that they just obviously have automatically turned on. Like, um, you can hide you can hide so much shit from when you're surfing the web, so you're not going on fucking Google, you know, to look something up, and then something that you talked about five minutes ago pops up like it was doing or like on Instagram. Cause I have that shit like shut off now, so I just have like mo- the most general ass fucking advertisements. It's nice, <laughs> but as you can see, yeah, even just the the thing that you're on in touch, you know, most every day, um, is like a little fucking spy machine. <laughs> so I think yeah, a lot of people's phones are the most important things they have, most personal, yeah. I should say. Cause like I've got pictures, I've got access to my credit cards, my bank account. You know what I mean? They're just yep everything. I can pay for things with it. Yeah, lose, I think if you lose your phone, you're probably in more shit than if you lost your uh, your wallet. Oh yeah, yeah, most today, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there and is just to think about yeah. that. Like, just think about that. You know uh, how you said Facebook. You know they're that centralized entity monopolizing everything, and we're still yeah. giving up giving them our information. And, and you know they're they're vulnerable to attacks as well. So uh, to to get away from that kind of structure like going into web 3.0 that's kind of the goal of web 3.0 is to be to become more decentralized that way you have over your personal information your you know basically how you how you navigate the the world wide web so it's interesting so i would advise you know keep an eye out on these major companies that are trying to take over um because they are gonna they have web 2.0 tactics you know they're gonna try to take over and make it what it what it what it was but it's not supposed to be you know and it doesn't work I gotcha. Um, for the people that are listening now, or will be listening, and and kind of catches all this stuff, and they're like, "Hey, I'm I'm kind of interested in, in jumping in the game. I have a little more 
you know, knowledge than I did before. Maybe I want to toss, you know, you know, a couple bucks out there and see, you know, what, uh, w- you know, what happens and stuff. Where would you navigate them to to get, you know, their foot in the door, um, or to to one, you know, look into, you know, certain NFTs that they might like, whether it's like photography stuff, you know, sports related, you know, whatever, whatever, um, mm-hmm. or even kind of. Um, piggyback on the information that you've been giving us to kind of go up to the next step to maybe somebody who, you know, has been doing this for however long and has, you know, even more information. Like, is there a, uh, like a Twitter account or somebody that you follow that you would recommend somebody go and check out maybe, or maybe some kind of, obviously YouTube is like, you know, the biggest, you know, help these days for everything across the board. Is there anything, um, anybody or anything that you would recommend for somebody to kind of, you know, dip their feet um, or, you know, get kind of continue researching and stuff. Oh, for sure. So I would uh, recommend, uh, first of all, if, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, just to foster a relationship, you know, kind of learn more or just talk by all means, you know, hit me up. But I, like I said, I'm not an expert, but I could point you to definitely YouTube. That's the main place I'm at like every day. Um, there's a couple YouTubers that I, I watch for a different, for a few different reasons. One is crypto Casey. She's very thorough about traditional stock infrastructure and just the economic structure of of at least this country and America. And she's also good about cryptocurrency and just explain very thorough level. Um, Another one is called Coin Bureau. Um, He's really good at covering just the news and kind of explaining cryptocurrency in layman's terms. So it's kind of like you're in class, just learning a 20 minute video, very uh, engaging. And then as far as like investment wise, uh, I would recommend this one guy. His uh, channel is called Invest Answers. Um, he's very genuine and thorough about his his investments. So definitely check him out. He's really good at kind of just spotting different trends. Um, so I would recommend starting there as far as just getting your 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 head around the actual you know technology and the, the terminology around all that stuff. Uh, Twitter is a great place, a great space. Just got to be careful. A lot of people think they know everything, but they don't. Um, so, you know, they may come off as trustworthy, but they may not be. So just take everything with a grain of salt, but, uh, some t- like actual Twitter accounts that I follow, uh, Will Clement, he's a really good analyst. Um, and I think there's another guy named tech dev, I believe is the name, like as far as actual PA, like technical analysis for stocks and cryptocurrency, um, NFT wise, oh, man, that's tough because there's just so many artists out there in different organizations. It's hard to keep up. So I'm trying to trying to create a list this past week. I've been trying to create Twitter lists. So if anyone wants to hit me up, maybe I can kind of send them the people I follow through that. But jump on Twitter, just kind of just watch, you know, observe how people are engaging, interacting. Um, and then you have a lot of like Discord groups talking about uh, potential NFT investments to make. But like I said, just be careful because, you know, they might be just trying to pump their bags and then they're going to drop it on you. So <laughs> you want to be the one left holding the bag. So that's, Yeah, that's like my um, biggest fear messing with crypto. Yeah. Dunked on like that. <laughs> yeah, I, if, if anything, I would suggest starting with crypto first just because you're going to need it anyway to engage into this in this space. So if you get a better understanding of which cryptos to kind of keep your eye out, especially right now, everything's on discount. You know, the top ones that I, I I would recommend, like I said, it's not advice, you know, do your own research, it's your money, your choice. Uh, but Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, uh, Polygon, Polygon, Matic, those are really good. Um, 
cryptos, but just be prepared for the volatility. So, you know, they're going to go up 30% one day and you might come down 50% the next, but, you know. Now, I do have a question because back then we were talking about boomers and such. They would probably way back then just talking about like, you know, put your money into savings bonds and have it grow over time. And um, I know Mm -hmm. we, we talked index funds before on the show. And uh, would you say like this is like the next generation of kind of growing your wealth is kind of just investing and throwing a little here and there over time and um, with the cryptocurrency that is? Uh, In my opinion, yeah. Um, Just because it's starting to become apparent, especially with the pandemic, that the traditional system just doesn't work. You know, the the whole uh, trickling down, it doesn't work. It's just all the money goes up. And as our when you start to understand the actual dollar and the value of the dollar is no longer backed by gold, there's nothing backing the value of a dollar. And our dollar just keeps decreasing in value every year. I think it's like 7% uh, because of inflation. So people putting money in their savings account is cool. You know, you have it secured there, but you're not, you're not going to increase the value of that, of that money because inflation is, is going quicker. It's going up quicker than the actual interest rate of your savings account. So now people are to a point of desperation and, you know, uh, 5% return on your money in one year is not enough when you have seven to 15% inflation. So now you're starting to see everyone just kind of jump into this new form of currency because like I said, decentralized, you don't have big brother all over you. Like we typically do. Um, And you have a little more freedom and uh, opportunities to grow there. You could three X your money possibly in a couple of years or whatever, or even sooner depends on the, on the timing of your investment. So, um, that's the one thing too. People recommend it's not timing it, but the time that you spend in that that uh, environment is going to really increase the value of your of your wealth. Uh, for me personally, being a person of color, first generation American, I haven't had the the education to to invest my money. Like I don't know what to do with in traditional stock markets. I really don't understand it to that extent. So with this, I feel like I have more opportunity for liberation and ownership of my own life and my destiny because it's just the opportunity is there and you hear all these boomers that are <laughs> boomers or whoever, just haters that uh, are saying, Hey, we got a ban and all this stuff. It's just we're threatening their, their way of life. We're threatening their wealth. And they're, they're just jealous. I mean, at the end of the day, they're just mad. They don't understand it. They're just jealous that they weren't in on it. And, you know, you become stubborn and just kind of deny the, the reality of things. Like we're transitioning. This is a new era. Haters going to hate, right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> watch that money pile up you know <laughs> yes sir it's never too late is it i would say like it would probably be more beneficial to start when it first came out but uh now that oh, it's, sure. it's, it's been growing but when it, like i was talking earlier in the show just seeing that one ether for three thousand dollars it's like you don't have to pay for pay three thousand dollars for that one ether you can kind of like throw five bucks at it and own like a fraction of an ether and then build up mm-hmm. to that one ether over time um but yeah, I mean, they're probably just, you know, hating the boomers hating because, you know, that's not the way they got wealthy and it's not uh, exactly. their blueprint to, you know, becoming that multimillion or billionaire. Um, but you see also mm-hmm. like billionaires like Mark Cuban, for instance, um, also backing cryptocurrency. So like I like to see like those kind of uh, millionaires and billionaires also being hip uh, for lack of a better term. <laughs> for sure. And that's the one thing, too, you want to. You know, you're going to hear a lot of FUD, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt in the mainstream media. Like, hey, don't, it's crashing hard, da-da-da, whatever. But 
when you follow the money, which is great about the, the technology, you can actually see, um, you know, the cryptocurrency wallets making transactions, moving the yeah. money around. You may not know who it is behind it, but you can see millions and billions of dollars being, you know, buying up uh, Bitcoin while everyone's selling, they're over here buying. If you follow the smart money, you'll be fine. So just pay attention to the money flows, if selling their, their bags and maybe reconsider your strategy. Um, but if you're a longtime holder, you should be fine. Just, you know, last year, Bitcoin itself went from January to December, 60% up. While uh, I think the S&P 500 went up maybe 20, 25%. That's very rare as well. Uh, from what I hear, it's not very uh, common for that to happen. But our dollar has decreased in value. So, you know, everyone's getting their, their wages are being pushed up, but the cost of living is getting higher too. So it doesn't go far enough anymore. And I'm no expert uh, myself, but just off the YouTube videos that I've been kind of watching, because I've been wanting to get into more investing and I don't want to kind of like build a, a savings through my just home bank because like you said, it just sits there, doesn't grow over time, the value of the dollar is dropping. Uh, so I was kind of like wanting to get into stocks, um, S&P 500s, crypto, stuff like that. And it's great that we're having you on to learn more about that kind of stuff. Uh, but one tip that I did pick up on in one of those videos is that you don't want to obviously put any money that you don't understand. You don't want to just, like, I don't know what's going on, put money into this because everyone else is doing it. You want to understand what you're putting your money into, do your own research like we've been preaching throughout the episode. Uh, but that tip is, because we're talking inflation, um, you want to put your money into something more that uh, as the price of that product goes up, uh, the stock's not going to drop because, like Apple, for instance, they constantly raise their prices, but people are still buying their product. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's the thing too. People, you know, we're very observant and we like to uh, imitate other people. But if you understand the intrinsic value of the company and you see, okay, this company is either undervalued or overvalued. So that kind of determines when to buy, when to sell. You know, people were, uh, from what I understand, when Amazon first came out, they're like, nah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. But people understood the the value underneath it that intrinsic value over the, over time is going to grow and look at it now, you know, yeah. um, same thing with Apple, Microsoft. Amazon is uh, Apple, Netflix, they're all plummeting right now, but just a short term, just what do you think is going to happen in 10 years? People are still going to be on Netflix people are, or other technologies like that. So if you understand the intrinsic value of that company or the blockchain, like Bitcoin, if you really believe that, Hey, this is revolutionary, but the price doesn't necessarily match the the value that you're putting on it, then you know it's undervalued. So I'm gonna go ahead and start buying in on this now. Cause a year ago, or I think it was already 2021 or 2020, Ethereum was only a couple hundred bucks. Uh, same thing with Bitcoin. A few years ago, a year ago, it was at, I think 4,000 or something like that. Um, and look at it now, you know, it went all the way up to 69,000. And there's talks of it by 2030, gonna hit a million, if not more. So. Yeah, per um, coin. That's nuts. Dude. Yeah, per coin. So it used to be less than least, a dollar a piece. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's only been, I think it was created in 2011, I want to say. And I may be wrong there, but yeah. So just in a matter of 10 plus years, it's skyrocketed and it's going to continue going up because of the fundamentals. Because just like gold, people think it's very valuable, but there's there's no cap on gold. You continue mining gold, but with Bitcoin, there is only a certain supply out there. And once that supply is met, then, you know, supply and demand kicks in. So then the price will match. It'll just skyrocket. 
man this is uh what a what a world man what a world that's uh <laughs> forming you know over there but it just seems yeah, like um, point, baby. It's, <laughs> we're, we're moving into a we're moving into a um a wild time man we're gonna be hitting like a, a it seems like a, a big booming period here soon um yeah and all that stuff so it's it's good man like, like i told you uh, i know that you still got a lot to learn yourself but we were like at, at zero so um even just getting some of the basic information and just being able to get some pointers and um showing the right direction on, on the, where to look to continue to gain knowledge and stuff is is tremendous and, and a big uh big help so we appreciate that oh of course man that's that's one of the things too that I, I just want to be able to i hope to get to a place where i can understand it more and explain it better obviously but just to help those around because actually everyone we're all struggling you know we're all we're all barely making it for the most part and it's just you know i'm still in that boat i'm still just trying to make especially out here in california like just because i'm investing in this stuff doesn't mean i'm making tons of money you know like things are in the red right now because of the volatility but i know in five years i'll be cool and to be able to to share my share with my family that knowledge or share it with my friends you know, just to kind of like, hey, just prepare yourselves or at least tell your children, like, this is going to happen at some point. And, and, you know, they'll understand and hopefully be able to to maneuver through it because I didn't have that growing up. You know, we were just told to go to school, save your money. But it's really kind of the opposite of what is practical nowadays. You know, you, you keep digging yourself in debt and that's what they want. And it's, we're, at, we're a debt economy. You know, we only grow through debt and that's not it's not sustainable. And so hopefully we can create some liberation and freedom for others, uh, you know, financially at least. Absolutely, man. That's definitely got to be the main goal. And it's cool that um, with, with the younger generation, it's not like these, these old fucks that are kind of, you know, want to hoard up all the, all the money and, and, and stocks and stuff to themselves and, and not really help, you know, the next guy and just, you know, um, keep it all themselves and just, you know, that, that corporate greed, you know, bullshit that mm-hmm. we've kind of lived with for the entire time we've been alive. It seems like it's starting yeah. to change to where, um, you know, we're getting to a point where one guy is going to help the other person, you know, you know, at least make the same amount. If, and, and if that other person that he, you know, you, you helped out eventually makes more good, good for them. It's not, you know, it's not, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you're going to sit there and, and kind of, you know, with your arms crossed being like, well, what the hell, you know, you need to give yeah. me a, a cut of what you made because I helped you or whatnot. Like it's just kind of we're getting to a, a spot now where, yeah, you just you got to come together and kind of create this new, um, I don't know, revolution of sorts to kind of uh, mm-hmm. battle up and and kind of um, go up against you know the the standard that we've grown to 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 know over the last yeah thirty forty you know years or what or whatnot. So I love- I agree. Um. But to move off the NFT stuff, like, you know, like we're talking about your, your, I feel like, you know, photography has always been kind of the the number one thing, you know, in your life that uh, has kind of brought you the most joy and just kind of, um, um, is is your biggest passion. So, I mean, um, obviously you're still doing that and and it's cool that you're able to, um, intertwine and and mesh that into the, the NFT world, um. But like, are you still going to, cause I know for a while you were taking, you know, f- um, you know, your photos and stuff and kind of selling those, um, by themselves to, to people, you know, through Instagram or, or whatnot. 
Are you going to still be doing kind of stuff like that? Are you going to eventually just be moving to where all that stuff will eventually just be, you know, minted NFTs and, and whatnot? Um, that's still in the air. I mean, I think right now I'm still going to kind of dabble both, you know, I just be accessible to anyone and everyone. That's my goal. That's why I don't want to price my work too high. I just want to be accessible. You know, I've been in that position where I love art or I love something that someone made, but I can't afford it. Uh, so I want to be accessible in that way. So if people want prints, always, you know, you can always hit me up. Um, if you want me to mint something, NFT, I will do that as well. We can have that conversation. But I think in the in the long term, I see myself transitioning more to the NFT space, but also utilizing prints and the physical form to as a, either an additive or just like an you know another source of uh, just accessibility. To be honest, so to be honest, like with my prints over the years, they they weren't very successful. I only sold a few like a few decent ones, um, but it's very hard to. Uh, I don't know, wrap people's head around like, hey, if you, if you want art, you got to pay a certain premium. And if you want to deliver it high quality, you know, I mean, you can go ahead and, and right click and save my work on Instagram as well and print it yourself. It's not going to look right. It's not going to be the same. You know, I know what I'm doing. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to promote that. But with NFTs, what's cool is like how we talked about everyone having everything on their phone. You'll be able to have access to all the stuff that you want. You know, look at all the kids nowadays. They have everything that's valuable to them. It's in their phone. So to be able to show off and flex, hey, I got the new board ape, or I got this person's artwork, or uh, you know, in your actual metaverse home in ten years that you have <laughs> with with the with Oculus and all that stuff, you'll be able to flex. That's going to be the whole new flex. Showcase your personality more. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see what that's going to look like in the future because I would love to see my work in actual physical homes, but it'd be cool to see it also in the in the meta in the metaverse world as well, just hanging up, you know, top notch celebrities home or something you know <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah um sure. th this actually just sparked a question in my head for a while when when people or, or companies that would take like the high res photos and stuff if they were to post them online on you know twitter instagram etc they'd have like a watermark you know what i'm saying and if you wanted to get that removed obviously you'd have to pay to get you know the actual photo um right why do you think, or I don't, maybe there's a reason for it, but why do you think like when people post their minted NFTs, like they don't have some kind of watermark to maybe deter people from just doing the right click, you know, bullshit? Um, I think it's a different, it depends on the person, the different philosophies behind the watermark. Cause even before mm -hmm. NFT, there's always like this discussion, like, should you watermark it or not? Does it, does it make the piece, you know, devalue when you, when you share it or, is it really necessary? Because honestly, like for the most part, if depending on how you watermark it and where it's placed, you can just kind of edit that, that out. You know, I can easily take a photograph and just kind of clone stamp to that, that over and no one would ever know. But mm, okay. I've seen a couple NFT artists still utilize the, the watermark, but I think they're just from a different school of thought, a little, um, just, they just see things differently and they, they present their work in that way. But you really don't need to because you have that NFT, uh, that smart contract that's attached to it. It has the verification like, hey, this is the actual piece. Um, so, yeah, in my opinion, I wouldn't, I don't utilize them. I just, to me, I don't think it's necessary because, like I said, if, if you're going to really steal it, you're going to steal it, you know. Sure. Um, but at the end of the day, I have the actual file. I have the actual NFT authentication uh, that this is the one of one. This is my piece. So, it's stealing it. How do you, uh, how do you feel about the NFT bay? Have you heard of it? 
Would you say that again? You're talking about stealing uh, the the image, right? Have you heard mm-hmm. of the NFT bay? Uh, like the, no, I don't think so. Oh man! So apparently, somebody set up a website like the Pirate Bay, the torrent site oh, from oh, man. Bank, and they have every NFT on the blockchain saved. <laughs> and you can just grab them up. Yeah, I'm looking at no, it right now. And it's crazy. I haven't heard that. I'm gonna have to look into that. Make sure uh, you know I, I'm aware of what's going on. <laughs> you might be on there, man. I don't know. Yeah, hey, man. <laughs> it might, to be honest, it's kind of an honor if someone steals my work. Like, <laughs> yeah. valued enough you to know? steal it, yeah. Yeah, because like there's there's like there's some artists I know that they have a collection of let's say ten photographs, like, and they're top notch, like high quality artists. And some scammer just right click saved them all and made their own profile on the same marketplace and they're making sales but you know we have to flag them and hopefully i don't know how it works on the on the back end as far as like hey do you get reimbursed for that or what but you know you got your scammers out there man they're getting very innovative <laughs> you got scammers and everything though yeah. yeah it's just crazy how innovative they're becoming and just it's hard to tell who's who man <laughs> I don't think it's going to really affect it too much. You'd think if it, if you think it is similar to music and movies, where I mean, there's what LimeWire before, where people just bootleg music, and but the artists are still making millions of dollars anyways. Same thing with like Hollywood and movies, bootleg yeah. movies, and they're making they're still getting uh, plenty of the cut. So I mean, I'm not sure if it's even like I said, I'm not, we don't know much about NFTs, so I'm not sure if it's even possible for someone to steal that. NFT JPEG file and just sell it themselves at a double the cost you they would have just bought it for anyways or um yeah it's, it's still up in the air it's still young but that's what we're here to learn yeah exactly <laughs> um I know you because you just dropped something recently and you even said you're gonna kind of hit us with a little, little preview of something here uh shortly but visual literature that that was like your big uh, that was like your baby there you know four or five years ago. And um, it's it's good to see that that's still rolling. For those people that um, you know are new to our show, and obviously new to you, I want you to kind of give an explanation of exactly what that is and kind of where you plan on taking it. Mm-hmm. So, visual literature is kind of like the brand, essentially, of my of basically all my works, with kind of the marriage of photography and poetry and just writing in general. It doesn't necessarily have to be poetry, but uh, and also just like if I can create a a photograph that just you know they say uh, a photograph can speak a thousand words so it's kind of that play on on words on that um so my 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 goal now with with the nft space and all that is to kind of continue merging those passions with photography and poetry and somehow figure out a way to present them that in a way that they'll, they'll last the next 5 10 20 years and still be relevant in the nft space cuz i'm not really sure what the structure is going to look like in 10 years like you know people's tastes change and their culture changes around it. Uh, so, but yeah, so visual literature is just basically that uh, it's just creating poetry and photography either separately or together and kind of molding the two uh, into, into one. Uh, just because my, I, I don't want to be an artist that's stuck on one, one medium. I think, you know, we're all, we're all humans with multiple facets of just personalities. We all have different tastes and different, yeah. Um, you know, contrasting taste. So I, I enjoy landscape photography, but I also enjoy, uh, you know, urban photography as well. But I don't, you know, it's just tough because you want to present yourself a certain way, but you also want, you don't want to limit yourself. So this is kind of my way of like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm 
not just a photographer, I'm also a writer. Uh, some of my actual visual literature pieces that are attached to that name, like they're a little more uh, experimental. So I have like poetry and audio and maybe some type of video element, but it doesn't, it looks completely different compared to my traditional photography. So this kind of gives me the, the room to just grow and experiment with different things. Um, so yeah, that's basically the, the gist of it all. I would just find it so hard just to even gauge interest, not not photography because, uh, but more so like art in general, because you would think, see things in like museums, for instance, uh, especially abstract art that is just takes on a mind of its own. Um, and yeah. really just it's in the eye of the beholder, if you will, uh, because I've seen things in museums that resemble almost what my two year old daughter brings home from an art project at daycare. <laughs> so it's like, right. but it's worth millions of dollars. So it's th- that that field in general, it's like gauging interest or gauging even a price tag uh, to know if I'm, I'm investing in good value or anything like that. Um, how would you, I guess we kind of discussed this, but I mean, how, how do you even go about that? Like, how do you even say, yep, yeah, this is a good value. I should, I should buy this art project. Um, and knowing that you could, what well, I'm assuming you wouldn't just own it forever. It's kind of like a trade give and take situation where you would buy it at one cost. Um, and since you own it, maybe make your own tweaks and sell it off again for a higher value. Yeah, possibly. I, I think like, I trust me, I have those, uh, uh, well, like I don't understand how this piece or this art piece in the museum or NFT is selling for <laughs> this much amount of money when 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 your two year old could do it. But yeah. again, it's one of those things where <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, okay, are, am I investing in the piece or the the artist behind this piece? You know, how how are okay. they articulating the the meaning behind it? Is right. is the meaning really justifiable or is it just kind of a you know you can kind of tell when someone's BSing uh, the you know, the, the background of their work. So it's, it's kind of a, a, like you said, the eye of the beholder for me personally, if I'm gonna buy something or if I'm going to sell something, it's cause I, first of all, enjoy it. I, it resonates with me on a personal level. And I guess that depends on, so if I, if I want to hold on to that just for me, then that's going to be the determining factor, whether I purchase something or create something. Um, but if I have the intention of, Hey, I want to flip this and I'm going to look at it a little differently as far as like, okay, who's behind this going to be, or who's behind this artwork? Are they going to be around 10 years, 20 years? Like, are they going to grow in value? Is this piece just going to be one of their, like, like an early mixtape of a well-known hip hop artist or something, you know, to be able to say, Hey, I, I listened to that. It's pretty cool to flex on, on. <laughs> like I knew this person before he blew up. So it's kind of a similar, uh, methodology there, but. Yeah, I don't understand sometimes the, the outrageous pricing of <laughs> some of yeah. these works. It's just the yeah. name of the game, and people the have chimps, money to blow, so they it, do man. it. I don't get the <laughs> chimps, dude. <laughs> yeah, like for me, for that, in that example, I don't understand it. I'm not in that culture too much. You know, I can't, it, it, just for me to see all that money flowing around, it does bother me a little bit because there's other things that money could do, but, you know, I could. I'm going to just be here mad all day because they just blow their yeah. money on, on other things anyway, you know, so it's, <laughs> yes, the important yeah, it's, just a, it's a form of, it's just a form of cloud form of, you know, like, Hey, I, I can get this and you can't, you know, so if, if that's the culture you want to be a part of, by all means, you know, join it. But for me personally, I'm just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I would like to create an NFT just to see where it goes, but, 
Um, I guess on the cheaper end, it would probably be like a hundred to two hundred dollars just to create one. Yeah, and that's the thing with right now. For example, Ethereum. Uh, you don't have to utilize just Ethereum. There's other networks. So, but Ethereum is just the main one. It takes up, I don't know, more than fifty percent of the actual traffic of NFTs. So they're working on a on an upgrade, Ethereum 2.0. Hopefully later this year in a year or two, where all like those uh, costs to mint, which is called gas fees, will drop substantially. But in the meantime, you have all these other projects like Solana, Polygon, where it'll cost maybe a dollar, maybe less for you to mint something. And it's just more accessible for anyone. It's just not as popular yet. But I'm actually working on a collection right now that's going to go on a, on a different blockchain just because I want to test things out, kind of experiment, um, and also minimize my cost for me and, and whoever wants to buy it. But yeah, I mean, I would recommend just look into it, just kind of see what, what's out there. If you guys want to really, you know, get your head around it, jump into some Twitter spaces. I would suggest you guys host some too, just to kind of have conversations with people or have an open, you know, Q&A type of thing or just dialogue. And there's so many interesting conversations happening. People are just chilling, hanging out, you know, just talking about whatever or actually having deep conversations about mental health or whatever, whatever it is they want to talk about. It's interesting. I wonder if that's a way we'd be able to do uh, a live recording of a, one of the episodes. I credit talking Wait, what space. Was that? I was saying, like, maybe we could jump in a Twitter space and kind of treat that as like an up, like a live episode of the podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think for the most part, I haven't hosted one, but I believe I'm not sure if there's any parameters you need in order to host. But I think you anyone can host a space and i think there's also a recording option as well but i don't know if it's available to everyone yet so i think that'd be something interesting for you guys to you know dabble in yeah we'll have to check that cool out just have a live people, show yeah, going people on could jump in there and if there's certain shit they want to talk about or whatever that's, yeah, that's cool. something we'll have to yeah mm-hmm. maybe that's what we'll, we'll flirt with in a few weeks on that <laughs> friday night or something yeah why not um I guess we can jump into the mill and then you know we'll do a little of this or that, um, and then we'll let we'll let George plug you know all his stuff and we'll we'll get out of here. Sounds good. Let's hit it. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go around thy mill with thy dill. And uh, like we said earlier, it's going to be a little brief one. And, uh, you know, we're going to spice it up a little bit. Um, But, you know, we're going to talk sports. And uh, right now we got in the midst of the playoffs, divisional playoffs in the NFL. We have San Fran at the Frozen Tundra in Wisconsin, known as Green Bay. Um... Not seeing the Packers lose and picking the Packers to actually go to the Super Bowl. Um, we made our Super Bowl predictions on the round the mill last week, um, if you guys remember. So I got that. And uh, we also have Cincinnati at Tennessee, Derrick Henry. Um, a lot of media stroking his return um, off right now. And, you know, it's going to be very disappointing if he doesn't come forth and tear it up because uh, it's going to be quite the dud. I- I'm expecting at least 10 stiff arms into the ground. Um, minimum, so uh, at least at least the way that the media is portraying his return, like he's God walking on water, and uh, yeah, 
obviously, they got the number one seed without him. Ah, he's King Henry. I mean, I can't dispute. He's He is in the flesh. But he, he is an absolute tank. I would not want to be standing in front of him uh, while he's walking, let alone running. And, uh, yeah, so I'm hoping for Tennessee to beat the Bengals because fuck them. And uh, who else do we got? We got Kansas City versus whom? Who do they play? Who does Kansas City play? Anybody know? The Bills. I don't. The Bills. Bills Mafia, I'm sorry. Break a table over it. You really? I thought you were fucking around. I honestly genuinely thought no one knew because no one was answering. So I I, I felt almost confident that I was not alone. But, uh, yeah, the Bills kind of slipped my mind there. And I'm hoping that they actually win. I'm rooting for them because, you know, I kind of like Stephon Diggs' attitude last year when he kind of watched them celebrate their division. Um, Actually, it might have been the championship game, the AFC championship uh, that they won last year in Kansas City. So I'm hoping they get their revenge with a better Josh Allen. Uh, So that's what I'm hoping for. Give me your, give me your, give me your Joe sports take. Yeah, football, man. Hell yeah, brother. How about you guys <laughs> over there? All right. Um, I'll be ready, to, ready to watch. I'm be, um, I'm gonna be hopping in the Discord tonight. Our boy Matt Schmies is a big Niners fan. Al the Bump, Packers fan. So we'll be in there. Um, That'll be fun, huh? Getting rowdy and, and probably be a lot of shit talking, and it'll be cool, man. So we'll be in there tonight. And then um, we'll see what happens. As long, who knows, man? I mean, the Packers are obviously going to be favored at home. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough game. But eleven and a half. See, uh, if you don't, if you don't throw four interceptions in a game, you got a pretty solid chance of beating those guys. So if Jimmy G can uh, do his thing and and kind of limit the uh, the turnovers and kind of just let Debo Samuel do whatever the fuck he wants to do because he can do it all. Apparently, we come to see. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a closer game than we think, but. We shall see. Um, and on the AFC side, I don't know, man. I, I, people are going to piss on me on the Cleveland side of things. I'm going to be rooting for the Bengals, man. Fuck the Titans. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Wait a but second. With, um, with Derrick Henry back and then, and then Bengals losing Larry Ogunjobi last week, uh, obviously that's going to be a weak uh, you know, middle of the line there. So um, Derrick Henry could very much take um, uh, you know, advantage of that. So. We'll see what happens. It's going to be, I think they're going to be, I think these games are going to be a hell of a lot better than the first round because all those games, other than like one and a half, because for the most part, the Bengals kind of, you know, um, I'm sorry, the Niners were kind of blasting off on the Cowboys and then it kind of got a little dramatic towards the end. Um, and then um, the Bengals and Raiders kind of were kind of neck and neck there for the most part, even though it kind of felt like the Bengals were in, in the driver's seat for most of it. They just couldn't take advantage and, and get, touchdowns you know rather than field goals but yeah other than that they're all fucking blowouts man it was it was pitiful pitiful ass first round but we'll see what happens this week uh and then of course our our guys the cleveland Cavs, they got a game against the thunder yeah um close knit fucking race right now one through six i think everyone is split up by no more than three games i believe from from one to six so if that um every every win is large uh, Sixers went down last night, which was great. So did the Heat, um, but I think the the button and the Bucks beat the Bulls. So um, yeah, we're game. just they're just gonna beat beating each other up in the East there um, for a while. But hopefully the Cavs can just keep keep um, tallying up some dubs, and you know we got some meaningful basketball here to talk about in three four months. But we'll see. Yes, sports baby. 
Woo. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're into sports, right, Jordan? <laughs> I'm with Joe on that one, uh, football man. <laughs> all right, all right. I don't, I don't, I don't follow enough to be honest, but uh, I'll go with the Niners just because they're Cali and the Bengals okay. for Ohio. You know. <laughs> what about? Because I know, I know you know about that Super Bowl halftime show. You got to definitely. Be yep, that was that, that was oh, yeah, that was, was next. Fine. That was next. <laughs> I was just about to say my. My wife, I didn't know about it till last night. She uh, showed me, she's like, oh, did you hear about it? And I'm like, no, no, you know, so she showed me the trailer for all that. Oh, hell yeah. You know, we got some Kendrick, some Dr. Dre, some Snoop, Mary J. Mary J. Eminem. Okay, that's cool. (laughs) It was a dope-ass trailer. How many white people are watching it on purpose? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm not watching it. Probably the same people that that wouldn't uh, watch it because football players knelt or kneeled. No, I would stop watching yeah, football, 100%. even even though, what? How many? How many? <laughs> how many millions of people? Fifty yeah, million people watched. Yeah, fifty million people just yeah. watched the Cowboys. Hopefully, this halftime show um, is accompanied by maybe some kind of album announcement because we're going to be what we're probably three, four months away from it being five years since the last Kendrick Lamar Man. album. And he already announced that there is one coming. <laughs> his last with. With his label, so, but that's all we've gotten so far. No, no kind of release date, no singles. So hopefully, maybe he can package this with something like you know, maybe he'll release later that night or the next day or following week, whatever. But hopefully, something's coming. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> <laughs> so the album drop. I thought you were gonna say something like that. I'm not trying to see anybody's uh, anybody's bird on stage. <laughs> Weird. Bobby said you had a Hold couple of on. reviews you wanted for the mill. Yeah, and then I'll have, I'll have a fucko, and then we got we got to do a quick update on on that whole, the Logan Paul thing we didn't get to last week, with the Pokemon yes, cards. Yes. Um, but I do have a couple of reviews. Um, had a couple of new fast food items that came through uh, Arby's and then Wendy's as well. One of them being uh, Wendy's has this big bacon cheddar. Um, burger that I think just came out within the the month, and um, it, the the description is it's a quarter pound. I got two patties, so I guess it's half pound. Um, covered in creamy cheddar cheese, bacon jam topped with applewood smoked bacon, crispy onions, and a slice of American cheese. Um, on top of a toasted cheddar bun, so they went real heavy on, on cheese. Even hearing about cheese that. Cheese, about it. Um, it was fantastic. It was phenomenal. It was uh, definitely fresh as can be when I got it. It wasn't like when I got that shitty-ass Whopper melt a few weeks back at BK. Uh, obviously, you can tell that's why Wendy's is just far and above um, you know, anything BK is doing. So I, I gave that an 8.3. It was really good. Um, the bacon jam was pretty interesting, too. I was kind of – that was the one thing I was a little iffy on, but it was really good. So um, I definitely would recommend it. You know, you trying it, giving it a shot. I think you'd dig it. Um, Eight point three side. And then Arby's is uh, they had a brisket, bacon, and beef dip. So they kind of took you know a little like a French dip, uh, but then they're using like shaved brisket and then putting bacon on top of it. And then you got your au jus on the side. And uh, I gave that a try yesterday. And the only thing that I was was fearing was obviously. Besides, like Wendy's, when you go somewhere and it's a bacon whatever, 
the baking's usually fucking flimsy. I would say 99% of the time, like it's some flimsy ass bullshit. And that's unfortunately what it was um, on this sandwich too, which kind of took it down a notch for me. Um, but I really thought the au jus was good. And that kind of just gave the sandwich more flavor each bite. Uh, I gave that a 6.9. If it had been like a, some legitimate, like crispy bacon, uh, I think it would have definitely probably knocked it up at least a half point, maybe even a full, you know, but still pretty good. But um, it just, it just got to have, you know, um, that stronger bacon, baby. I can't have no flimsy. Can't do it. I prefer no go. flimsy bacon. Yeah, well. To, I, to a point. Like, it's got to be, it can't be too crispy. Not a big fan. Well, I ain't talking that. burnt, but I don't, the shit that I seen, it was like, it was, they took, like, microwave strips. It was gross. I didn't yeah. like it. No, I can't no. do that. I'm not talking flimsy about that. Flimsy bacon's sus. No. Um, but we'll get into, uh, I got a couple more things, too. Um. So Logan Paul, you know, we, we brought up the fact that uh, like two weeks ago he bought, I think, five or six um, sealed boxes of um, what he thought were first edition Pokemon cards. And then kind of was swirling around that the, the stuff was fake. And I'm not sure how those rumors even started, uh, but he finally went to Chicago and got with, uh, you know, authenticated the people that authenticated the boxes previously because the guy that he went in, in on with who was actually the person that he bought the the cards first that logan was going to pay um he said the only reason that they bought he bought it obviously is because it got you know authenticated yeah. sticker and everything put on there obviously without it it's fucking worthless so he they brought him back and i like i watched the video and these guys were like you can tell like these boxes like they had never been touched because just the way that the, the tape was on on the box, like it, it was like you know how when, when tapes on like a cardboard box for years on end, it's just it's got a way different look than you know something that was just you know packaged recently. Um, you know it's kind of weathered and kind of aged on there, so you could tell that the box was never like cut open. And then they put the stuff in there and then you know did it all like that. Like this is. Um, it was legit. So they, they finally cut them open and, and each of the boxes had fucking GI Joe card, like packs of GI Joe cards inside. Of them. So, um, <laughs> it was, was a pretty big deal. Um, me either. So I'm assuming that it went from being worth 3.5 million to, you know, three fifty for the fucking whole, whole deal. But, um, yeah, pretty fucked up, man. And I don't know. I mean, fortunately, like I said, for him, he didn't actually pay for the cards. It kind of sucks for the guy that he went with. I don't know what his course of action is, whether or not he can take any kind of action against the, you know, authenticators. I don't know, but it looks like this was something that was done like 20 years ago. Cause obviously probably back in the day. Cause I even, I remember when I was like in fifth grade, I traded, I can't remember what holographic I trade, I traded for my own collection, but I received what I thought was a legitimate Gyarados um, holographic. But when you held it up, the sun you could see right through that bitch so uh obviously even back yeah, in those days man. you were you were dealing with you know fakes and phonies and stuff like that so that was probably a part of that shit because um the box looks like it, it had never ever been open so uh wild wild stuff right there um i imagine kind of shake up yeah yeah i mean you're gonna have to move <laughs> full circle yeah i mean who knows? But it kind of seems like that's probably going to shake up the whole Pokemon community because now guys probably have 
sealed boxes that are sitting there like, well, what the fuck's inside this? And kind of kind of have to maybe make some decisions there because they got to either make sure, you know, they got what, you know, what's legit and going to have to take maybe a little bit of a loss or they're going to have some fucking bullshit in there and then be completely fucked. I don't know. I don't know how, but it's definitely going to shake up uh, that whole um, Pokemon community and stuff. So we'll see how that all works out. But Last thing I got was the other fuck of the week to go with with uh, those assholes at Duncan was um it was out in L.A. I I I don't remember how I even stumbled upon it. it was on Twitter it was from CBS Los Angeles it had a warning it's like the following video may be disturbing to some viewers and it was a police pursuit of a stolen motorcycle and um, this dude was going down it wasn't even like a highway um he was just going down these fucking regular ass city roads going as fast as like 130 mile an hour and then finally t-boned another truck flipped off and and i mean that was it obviously he, he died on impact Dude, his car wheel. as soon as he did like they obviously they you know turned that shit off and like the the poor news anchor like obviously she was very clearly shaken up but she was very professional about it and just kind of got through it but um you could tell that was really tough for her to kind of see and it was all live so obviously he didn't really expect it but I think seeing a motorcycle going that fast, um, really anywhere, uh, you got to kind of imagine that it's not going to end well. So um, that sucks that the guy, you know, obviously lost his life, but he's a fucko for stealing the motorcycle and also, you know, putting himself and many others, um, you know, in danger. And obviously, karma kind of struck him a little bit. So what sucks too is the guy he hit. He's got to be like, oh, yeah, remember that time I killed a guy on accident? Because I was yeah. just driving my car, you know. Right. So that, that person was Nutty, okay, though, bro. right? Um, I don't, know. I don't, I, I don't know. I just all they really talked about was the the motorcycle driver. So, I, th- I think I might be able to play the audio of that that video that you tweeted. Oh God. Possibly. <laughs> Because it was from the CBSN Los Angeles. You were correct on that. That is that is weird. Here we go. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Cause I don't know if it's legal over there, but you could do uh, lane sharing on you. So you have motorcycle cyclists driving, you know, the same lane as you, just passing you. It's, it's all legal, but they're just, yeah, they're just over here flying by, man. I think I have it right here. 100 miles an hour. You can see it just flying by these cars. And it is not only dangerous to those other drivers, but certainly dangerous to this motorcyclist. Uh, You know, these cars, the drivers don't know that it's coming up so fast. You can see, uh, wow, uh, that motorcyclist uh, appearing to kind of stand up there on the motorcycle there for a second. Uh, But, oh, my gosh. Oh, we have just seen, um, sorry, we just saw that uh, motorcyclist crash into a car there at the intersection. Again, this was a police pursuit. LAPD was after that motorcyclist, and uh, the motorcyclist was going at a very high rate of speed as we just saw it crash into a car. And, of course, we are going to continue to follow this story and bring you much more on KCAL 9 News at 4. We'll now see. That was uh, courtesy of CBSN Los Angeles.
crazy man crazy uh all the way around and then uh yeah poor, that poor lady had to kind of you know pull it together there i don't i don't know if i would have been able to do the same thing seeing that just live on air but um that's all i got i don't know if you got anything left in the uh in the mill there but uh, if not I, we can we can carry on i had one more thing now as True TSP listeners know, last time we brought George on, I kind of put him on the spot because we were talking poetry, and we kind of discussed a little bit of poetry in this episode as well, and I wanted to bring it back up. Uh, George, did you have anything in the bag this time around? I'm sorry to put you on the spot again, but <laughs> some poetry for us here at uh, no TSP? I, I had a feeling this would happen somehow. So I, <laughs> <laughs> now I have one um, actually mentioned this uh, at the end of T, well, that photograph that, that's attached to it, um, the photograph was taken on the coast of San Diego uh, County and off in the, the sunset. Um, yeah, it was just one of those moments where you just watching the sunset happen and it just inspired some, some poetry. So this one's called Fleeting Moments. It's pretty short. Um, and if you guys have a chance, go on to my OpenSea profile and you can see the actual photograph that, uh, that inspired it. So, all right. Lost in the sea of forgotten memories, and I realize I am nothing but fleeting moments searching for forever. Pulled by the current of love and guided by the passion burning from above, shall I meet my maker as I cross the horizon into tomorrow? Or will the sands of time spare me, granting me mercy so that I may see the birth of a new day? This I do not know. What I do know is that the depths of the unknown will try to sink me, but hope keeps me afloat and love fills my lungs. Perhaps I'll live to swim another day and crash upon the shores of my destiny. And that's it. That's a little small, quick one. That's deep. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Ah, thank you. Thank you. That's, that's you still got it, baby. Say less, or you say more with less, you know? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, that, I, yeah it's in some yeah. weird way. I kind of felt like I uh, um, could relate to the words you were saying. Ah, that's good. That's good to hear. It's my goal. <laughs> Well, I guess we can open up the uh, THP arena um, once we get past one of the uh, signature Dylanisms that we've come to know and love over the uh, last two and a half years. But um, we're going to open up the THP arena for you, George, and you're going to come in, you're going to play a little of this or that, and then I'll have one more question after that, and we're going to get you out of here, man. All right, man. Let's go. I just kindly Dylan? ask you to... Uh, Wipe your feet on the welcome mat and uh, strap in. Um, keep keep <laughs> your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all time because 90 seconds is going on the clock. T-minus 90 seconds. All right, George. Coke or Pepsi? <laughs> Coke. Fall or spring? <laughs> spring. Summer or winter? Summer. Orange or apple juice? Ooh, orange. Music or podcasts? Damn, uh, podcast. <laughs> Good choice. Apple or Android? Android. <laughs> Loyalty or respect? Ooh. Respect. Money or free time? Free time. Scary or funny movie? Funny. Beach or mountains? Beach. 
Drive or fly? Drive. Cookies or brownies? Brownies. The good ones. Zoo or aquarium? <laughs> uh, <laughs> aquarium. Music or art festival? Ooh. Oh, man. I think uh, music. Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Iced or hot coffee? Hot. Okay, and then I have one. Um, where's it at here? It's a would you rather that I ended off with. Would you rather have a one-minute conversation with yourself or with your past self or with your future self? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, probably my past self. I think um, that's I think that's what I would do too. Kind of knowing everything, I know that which kind of attaches to the final question that we ask all our guests in each episode. George, knowing what you know today, what is one thing you would tell your eighteen-year-old self? Buy Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. man. Nah, uh, yeah, definitely that. that you know, start early, man. Start as early as possible. Uh, but I think right now I would just say dive in into whatever you believe in, like with full confidence in yourself. Um, still, still battling the imposter syndrome right now and just kind of having that self doubt. But if I knew earlier on, Hey man, just, you'll be all right. Just do what you love and, and things will come together. So that'd be the main thing. I like that, man. I respect that a lot. And I think most of us would probably agree and say the same shit to, you know, ourselves, you know, back then. So good answer but george um thanks again for coming on uh this was awesome you know do catching up and really uh you you kind of opened our eyes and and ears to a a whole new world and just you know we're at least 10 20 percent you know ahead of where we were an hour ago so we really appreciate you giving us you know the info and kind of pointing us in the right direction to to kind of keep learning and, and growing on that side of things and we definitely wish you uh all the success in the NFT side of things, photography, um, you know, visual literature as a whole, man. Uh, you're an awesome dude, and, and we hope that uh, you know you get to the moon, man. Hey, thank you, thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. It was amazing. No thank doubt. Yeah, um, before we do close out, just plug plug it all, man. Anything you want somebody, you know, whether it's some follows or you know any of your galleries, plug it all, man. Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at Visual Literature. Uh, on Twitter, Visual Literature, one word, but with one L. And on there, you'll be able to find me on, on the NFT marketplace as well. So take a look over there and check out my work and let me know what you think. And if you want to buy one, of course, hit me up. <laughs> there it is. And it's it's he, does, he posts some really cool stuff. And it's he's definitely worth at least a follow. And hopefully, you know, some people will, uh, you know, maybe want to get into a little business. But fingers crossed on that. But uh Hopefully we bring you back, you know, in a little less than, you know, a year, a year and a half for the next time. Because, you, you know, we definitely have to bring you back and see where you're at, you know, um, down the line and this Not stuff. Good. But Dylan, you know what time it is. It's about that time. Bobby, Joe, George, it's been a great one. As per usual, thank you all for tuning in. Um, it's been a great pleasure uh, learning some NFTs. And I hope you all learned as well. You know, I just bought some Ether myself, 20 bucks worth. You know, whatever that gets me in a couple of years. Um, but, you know, do your own research. Like we always said, as a nice disclaimer, we're not giving any 
um, financial advice. We're just kind of spitting out and talking shop what we know and learning from uh, George here as well. We're all learning. It's all new. All right. Now get hip. Get with it. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week for 1.30 of TSP.